Hello and welcome to Success Secret Nation to this new episode of the Success Secret Podcast with your host Hussein Talib. I am always looking for ways to improve the Success Secret Podcast and your feedback is a big part of that. So if you have any questions or ideas, please leave me a voice message by going to successsecret.net forward slash podcast. I will be waiting to hear your feedback. Welcome to Success Grid, the place for sharing entrepreneurial stories, knowledge, and wisdom to educate and inspire you to always strive to raise your standards in your business and your life with your host, Hussein Talib. Hello and welcome Success Grid Nation to this new episode of the Success Grid podcast. My guest today, his name is John Horn. He is the managing partner at Stub Group, a premier Google partner ranked in the top 1% of all Google partners worldwide. John has had taught digital marketing to more than 90,000 students online. John, welcome to the Success Secret Podcast. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Let's first start with what exactly do you do and what do you mean by digital marketing? Yeah, great, great questions. So what we do at, at Stub Group, which is my, my company here, we focus on digital advertising and digital advertising specifically in our case, meaning Google ads, uh, Facebook ads, Microsoft advertising, we really focus on paid search engines and then paid social aspects as well. And we're helping businesses find and connect with customers online using those channels and as cost-effective and as profitable a way as possible. And that's, that's why businesses hire us to help them out with that. Yeah, amazing. So, so do you think now, do you help entrepreneurs and business owners online? And I believe also you help brick and mortar businesses, I think maybe. So do you think any business should, when they start from the beginning, should they go immediately to online advertising or should they, let's say, build it organically through SEO and these kind of things? I think online advertising is very important for probably the majority of businesses. There, there's always going to be an exception to every rule, certainly. But the reality is that we as consumers, we go online to find pretty much whatever it is, whether it's a product to buy or a service or um, even you know find out what's in my local area to go check out. Even if we plan to go somewhere physically, we're still often finding that information online. And so for a new business that's look, that doesn't have existing relationships with customers and is looking to get their name out there and make those connections, online is typically the place to do it. And then one of the beauties of advertising is you can expedite the process of making those connections. With SEO, for example, if you're a new business with a new website, it's going to take months or sometimes even years to really get to where you want to be with the ranking. And... You know, as a new business, you don't have that time necessarily to wait to uh, to get there. So advertising can help make those connections much more quickly. Exactly. So how do you work with your clients, for example, or how do you advise people to get off advertising and go running with it? Because as you mentioned, you are working with, with people are working with Google ads, Facebook ads, like Instagram ads, which is basically Facebook and uh, Bing ads, is that something that still people actually use Bing? I don't know. I never hear it someone is. says Bing it, go Bing it. So. 
thing is it's still out there. It's still chugging along. Definitely doesn't have anywhere close to the market share that Google does, but honestly it does have enough market share that we do use it for many of our clients as kind of an extension. If Google is working well for them, if Google search is working well, there's a great chance that the Bing ads, um, but I, I guess I call it Microsoft advertising now, but still, still call it Bing because that's what it was for so long. There's, there's still a, you know, a, a place for that. But yeah, when, when a client comes to us looking for help, um, they're usually in one of two situations. Either they've been doing digital advertising um, and they've been doing it themselves, trying to manage it in-house, or maybe they've been working with another agency. And then there's something that they're not satisfied about. Either they think they're wasting money and they think that working with someone who's more expert is going to help them save, you know, save that waste, um, wasted ad spend. Or sometimes it's just, hey, they think there's a lot of opportunity out there that they don't know how to capture. Or maybe their current agency is not being proactive enough or strategic enough and figuring out how to capture that opportunity for them. And so a lot of businesses will come to us looking for us to kind of take over what they've been doing and then build upon it and help them grow and take them to the next level. And then sometimes you have kind of going back to what you mentioned earlier, startups, brand new businesses who are just getting into the space and they need an expert to help them connect with customers and make people aware that they have a product or service that meets their needs. And so with those kinds of businesses, we're helping them figure out, I mean, for both kinds of businesses, we're figuring out, okay, what's your target audience? Um, what are your, what are your goals? What do you measure as success as a business? Is it orders? Is it, um, you know, a specific return on ad spend that we need to hit in order to be profitable for you? Is it number of leads that we're sending to your techs? You know, there's all kinds of different business models, obviously, but so, figuring out what so it is. Yeah. Uh, this important aspect of things. So any business online, whether it's selling a product or a service, what are the things that they should focus on at the beginning Okay, and then that I think maybe determines their budget starting off things, right? So what are the things that the basic understanding of things to go and advertise? Absolutely. So they need to understand their numbers. If they're in the process of selling products, if they're, say, a you know, product-based company, they need to understand what are my cogs, my products, what uh, what's my profit margin, what can I profitably spend to acquire a new customer? And also looking at that lifetime value of, are we expecting people to come back and keep making repeat purchases? What does that lifetime value look like? Maybe it's worth spending the cost. Maybe the, the, the initial cost per customer acquisition is worth as much as the initial money we make from that customer, because we know they're going to come back and, and make three or five or 10 more purchases down the road. So it's understanding what is, what is the numbers, same thing on the service side of things. What is our, our close rate. So if we're getting leads coming in the door, people calling and saying, Hey, I need help with whatever, at what rate are we able to turn those into paying customers? What's the value of those customers? And then really it's a matter of working backwards from those things to figure out, okay, well, how many, you know, how many leads do we need a month to hit those sales targets? Then how many clicks from relevant people do we need at kind of rough conversion rates on our ads to get that number of leads? What's it going to cost for those clicks? What's that cost per lead going to be? And kind of work our way back to figure out what budget we need to set based upon those, those numbers. Starting from the beginning, speaking of budget, what is yeah. the initial budget any business on average, let's say, should be looking at? Is $100 a month or a day enough? Or should be certain numbers that you are considering talking about that you are experienced with let's a lot of a lot of platforms like Google, Bing and Facebook. 
Yeah, it's a great question. That's that's a question that we get asked very often by businesses reaching out to us saying, hey, what should our budget be? And it's very much something that we have to look at for each company and figure out what makes sense for them. And so there's some specific things we'll look at. First of all, it's what is the price point of what they're selling? If they're selling a $10 widget or if they're selling a you know $2,000 service package, those are obviously going to be very different things. If it's a higher price point, it's going to take longer for people to make a decision to purchase after they've clicked an ad. So, and, and it's also going to be a very different type of person that we're reaching as compared to you know, a $10 impulse buy. So the, the higher the price point, um, the longer the timeline it is typically to get that order. And so the more budget often you have to invest into reaching those people and nurturing that over time to get them to place a you know, place an order. Yeah. Um, so that's part of it. Part of it certainly is just how, how big is the audience that we're going after? So if it's a local plumber for say, well, obviously they have a, a specific geographic area that they can serve. There's a specific number of people who live there. And so if you're a plumber in a, a little rural town versus if you're a plumber in New York City, your budgets are going to look very different yeah. because it's just a very different you know, yeah. market there. The, number price, of people. the price of the click is different from different countries exactly. and cities and targeting, exactly. right? Yeah. So yeah. speaking of this, uh, should people, for example, go on all platforms like for example google and facebook together or should they stick with the example uh one platform like facebook only or google only what we like to do is we like to focus on what i'd call the lowest hanging fruit and then scale from there as we see success so i'd say for a lot of businesses google is often the lowest hanging fruit because you're able to reach people who are specifically searching for what you sell right now and you know you're getting in front of the right people and you're getting in front of them when they're looking to make a purchase or a decision. So there's, you know, Google search is kind of the, the closest, often lowest hanging fruit you can get to what you're trying to sell. With something like Facebook or Instagram, it's usually more of, hey, we've identified the right types of people who are interested in our products. Let's now make them aware that our product or service exists. And let's start building a relationship with them over time as we show them multiple ads and hopefully get them to our website and get them into our funnels and things like that. Mm-hmm. So Often we'll start out with one platform. Um, often it's it's Google for clients, and we'll we'll see some success. We'll we'll capture that low hanging fruit, and then we'll take what we've learned from that as well, and what messaging, what ad copy is working well, and look to scale from there. Whether that be Facebook or Instagram or other you know, types of channels. Yeah. So when when we are talking about online advertising, we we are talking about a lot of elements together. So you you mentioned the ads, the copy of the ad. Uh, the let's say the landing page themselves, maybe the what the what uh, a lot of marketers now doing is funnels, like building funnels to go, to get the customers go through certain steps that they want. So, yes. do do you help your customers with all these kind of parts with the with the ad? Yeah, it's usually a a team you know team project where we're working with them, thinking through messaging promotions what are we trying to obviously to sell to customers what are the different steps in educating them upon that so that they can make an educated decision and understand why what we're selling to them is valuable and for you know for for some industries that's a very quick thing let's say plumbers as an example if your uh, if your pipes are leaking well you don't need to go read a white paper about it you you need to find a plumber right now and get them out 
Yeah. On the other hand, if we're selling, let's say, a software as a service product, well, then we might have funnels in place where we're saying, hey, here's great content that's relevant to you. People start reading that and then we you know, get their email address in exchange for a white paper with more information. And then we keep nurturing and building that relationship until they you know, ultimately decide to go with that software. So, yeah. so, uh, lots so, of different so how, how, how important, how much important is the, the copy of the ad, the title of the ad, maybe the image? The image. If there is a certain images, like for example, Facebook, you have you mm-hmm. you have to put images. I think or videos. So, yeah. how important the copy is for that? It's very important. Very important. On the Facebook side, as an example, you know, that's all you've got to get their interest is the ad that you're showing to them. And so, um, video works very well often on Facebook and Instagram. Um, certainly, you know, pictures having the right picture that that fits with what you're selling and the target audience you're going after and, and testing. Testing is vital as well to see, hey, what, what works, what different combinations. On the Google side, Google search, for example, you have multiple considerations. You have, A, what's a compelling headline for my ad, but also you have, what's a compelling headline that is relevant to the keywords that are being searched. So Google knows that my ad is relevant and gives it a high ad rank and says, yes, this is the right ad to search to this person. So it's, it's often a combination of both art and science and making sure that the ads are relevant to the machines and also relevant and compelling to the people who are going to see them. Oh, cool. So so Google gives you a kind of indication if this ad is more relevant or irrelevant to certain audiences that you are already targeting. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're targeting keywords, for example, um, and saying, I want my ad to show up for these keywords, you can get a sense from Google for how relevant they think your ad is to those keywords. And then ultimately what really matters is are people actually engaging with that ad? What Google calls the click through rate, what percentage of people are actually clicking on that ad. And that's the best metric to Google to tell them how relevant an ad is because people click must be relevant if they don't obviously it's not yeah exactly because it shows it shows in in google pages so i think that's called like an impression right but when people Mm, when when people click through the ad or the page it means that they they want or looking for the something that they are actually looking at this is something suitable for them exactly exactly and that's a big part of how ads are often so relevant to you when you search on Google. You know, it's not it's not billboard advertising. It's not, hey, the person spending the most money throws a big ad right there. It's all about relevance, Google looking and see what are what are people clicking on and oh this this ad must be relevant to their search because you know 10% of people who see it are clicking on it. Let's let's show this ad more often because mm. ultimately that makes Google more money. <laughs> and yeah, it's a good experience to people because it's irrelevant. Yeah, relevant, I, th- I think so. I think I watched, I think I read an article like because of Google like has, like we mentioned earlier, like 80% of the search market than Bing, it's Bing about 20. So, so it's, there is a lot of potential there on Google to, to go for bigger audiences with time as the ad gets more clicks and clicks. So there is a huge potential there. So speaking of that, what, what, what are the things, for example, that, you are seeing from your clients whether they are doing it in-house or having an agency doing it for them doing it wrong are they not focusing for example like we mentioned in the title which is something very important that captivates the let's say the audience or the one who's searching online google there are a lot of what i'd say common mistakes that we see i think the biggest probably one of the biggest common mistakes is 
going back to where we talked about, you have to define success and track success. They're not tr- using what's called conversion tracking. They're not tracking what happens after people click the ads. And that is so important to track for a couple of different reasons. One, obviously you need to know if your ads are working or not. You need to know which aspects of those ads, which, which ad copy, which campaigns, which keywords. And if you don't have conversion tracking, you can't do that. But then also the way that Google and Facebook and the platforms are continuing to trend, they have a lot of campaign types and and bidding strategies that are based upon conversion data. So if you are giving good conversion data to Google and you can tell them, Hey, I want to pay, you know, $50 per lead. And you set that up and Google can make real time optimizations and changes to what you're bidding for different costs per clicks and things to try to achieve those metrics and often do it in a much better way than if you're just trying to manually set, set bids and kind of guess at things. So a lot of businesses just don't have conversion tracking set up. Um, a lot of businesses, they're wasting money on irrelevant traffic. So they're not doing a good job of looking at what people are actually searching for, looking at what this called the search terms report and saying, oh, well, this, this is not relevant to us. I don't want to spend money on that traffic and adding negative keywords to get rid of that. Um, and then certainly add copy yeah. as well. Yeah. I also, I also read once that there is like something called the buyer's keywords and the non-buyers keywords i think mm-hmm. so who's putting ads needs to focus on on the let's say buyers keywords more on the get this free and this get free so if if, if you put to free on google i think it's it's not allowed right or is it you so you can advertise free things and target people looking for free stuff but you're you're absolutely right that it's going to be a very different type of person and so if you're going to go after people who are more what we call tire kickers, just looking for something free. Well, then you're going to have to factor that into what you're selling to them, what your conversion rates are going to be. You might still be able to make it profitable, but that traffic's going to behave very differently than someone who's using more of what you mentioned, those buyer keywords of, um, you know, hey, they're, they're looking to actually spend some money and buy something or find something right now. Yeah, exactly. So can we talk about, about the ads themselves? Because from yep. what I know, Google and Facebook, for example, had have in their platform what, what they call target audiences, right? And they have, for example, countries. So from the advertising point of view, what is the best strategy to do that? For example, if I want to create an ad on Facebook or Google and I want to target a lot of countries, for example, I can sell my product digitally, for example. Mm-hmm. Should I put a worldwide targeting on the same ad and focus more on on the keywords themselves, or should I create ads separately for each country? How, how, what do you see about this issue? I would say often we would separate them differently per country. So there's, there's kind of obvious things that you want to take into account. So different countries may spell things differently. The UK has a lot of words they spell differently than the US and you want to look as relevant to them as possible. So you'd want to make sure using the UK spelling over there, the US spelling over here is kind of an obvious one. But then you also have um, even different words that people use to to talk about things, you know, car versus automobile versus, you know, there's all sorts of different, different things there where one country you might say, hey, you know, uh, car loans at X percentage rate, and that's awesome. But you might need to use a different term, a vehicle, or something else in different countries. So you got you got those kinds of things, and then also they're just different, you know, different cultures. Often, different countries, people respond to messaging and ad copy differently, and so it's helpful to be able to test different approaches per country and see, oh, hey, this you know this culture behaves. Maybe they 
on average care more about the speed with which they get the service, whereas this one cares more about the cost or the credibility. Now, obviously, there's a very, very broad things, and there's going to be all kinds of different people within every culture that care about things differently. But there's often some trends that you can that you can jump onto and, and figure out by splitting that ad copy out per country. I actually once watched a video on YouTube. Basically, they were doing. Now we talked about that clicks differ in their prices in on different countries. So, for example, in India, in India, click a click is maybe half half a dollar fifty cents, and in the US, it's two uh, dollars for certain niches. Let's say right. So mm-hmm. I saw a video that basically teaches. Like, for example, you can have an ad, create this ad, target India, and get lots of likes there and comments, and then mm-hmm. maybe stop it there. And because you, when people see lots of likes and comments, they will probably engage, re-engage with it. And then when you stop it running in India, you can run it in the US or the UK or whatever it is that you want. Because because the buying power, I believe, for example, if you're talking about this example, in the US and the UK is more powerful than the buying power in India, right? Is that a good strategy or? Yeah, no, that, that absolutely can be, especially more in kind of the social side of things, Facebook or Instagram, where people can see how many people have engaged with a post and where the um, the algorithm is really you know, focused on that as well. I can see that being being a good strategy for sure. Mm, cool. Because because uh, this the, the cost of things ads can accumulate very quickly, even on likes. So eventually yes. a business does not want to have many <laughs> likes on the post. They actually want people to go buy what they are whatever they are selling. Yes. So, yeah, likes yeah. likes are not helpful to your bottom line. You no, gotta get that not, money. Not, not in likes, there. not even followers. At the end of the day, it's about the sales, right? So as 100%. we talked about, yeah. So we we talked about the how important is the let's say the metrics that the customer wants actually from it. So the most important thing for, is that I am seeing is the basically the sales. So, so how do you do you work backwards like you mentioned earlier? Like for example, I have a ten dollar or hundred dollar product. Do you look backwards on how you we can best convert people to buy this product? Exactly. Yes. We look at their numbers, their price point, what is their profit on that? And then two, what are their goals? So sometimes you'll have clients who say, our goal right now for the next three months is capturing market share. Profitability is not as important to us. We want to get as many customers as possible because this is a fast moving market and we need to establish dominance. And so then it's figuring out, okay, well, what does that, what does that mean to you? How much market share are you trying to get? Um, you know, how much can you afford to lose right now on, you know, uh, advertising versus the cost of goods or versus, you know, revenue coming in um, and then figure out those, those types of goals. And that's, again, just goes straight back into how much budget a client is open to, uh, to allocating and, and where we're going to allocate that budget for them. Yeah. So we talked about a little about in-house or outside help in advertising, mm-hmm. right? So what what do you think is the best for people to do? Should they hire inside people and make them learn about advertising? Or is it easier to hand it out to experts who have already done that? I will freely admit I am biased as I run an agency. So obviously it uh, it does well for me when people go with that agency approach. But I think there's, there's certainly pros and cons to each approach. I'll, I'll go through some of them. So some of the advantages of working with an agency is that you are 
getting access to experience across a wide variety of different clients and different verticals. If you hire someone to just come on board in-house and work with your company, all they have access to is your data, your strategies, your customers. And it's, it's hard to really figure out new things to test to realize, oh, this is working over here. Let's try this over here and that kind of thing. So sometimes you can get kind of, kind of siloed and get a little bit behind, uh, behind the eight ball with, um, with in-house. With the agency side of things, you also often tend to have a higher level of access to, the, uh, to support from the platforms you're using. So Google, as an example, we're a premier Google partner. So we have a dedicated team who can help us out with some of those hard problems and things and give us access to betas and features that an in-house uh, marketer might not get. At the same time, obviously, if you have someone who's just dedicated full-time working for you, in-house, they're likely going to have more hours of their day that they're spending on your campaigns. They're not having to um, spend that across different clients. So there's certainly value that comes from that. But at the same time, it's not all about how much time you spend on accounts. It's what's the quality of the time and the strategy going into that. And I think often what we'll find is, you know, we don't need as much time maybe on the agency side as an in-house marketer might because we do this all day, every day. We've solved this problem for five other clients this week, and we know exactly what to do and help, how to help, you know, a client solve their current problem. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back a little bit. We talked about video, uh, I think, a little bit. So mm. do, do you think that video now nowadays, especially with a lot of people pushing content online and on social media, video converts better than text? I think it depends on the context. I think video is is usually much better at grabbing attention and interest if you are, um, especially if you're doing kind of push marketing. So Facebook, Instagram, where you're trying to to get in front of somebody and say, hey, here's what we do. Um, video can capture attention so, so well. Um, on something like Google search, you know, text is still amazing and video is not usually much of an option there except on the organic side because they're typing in a text answer, they're looking for a response, boom, here's the text ad and you know, we're golden. But even when you get someone from that ad to the website, having video on the website, on the landing page can often be incredibly helpful to increase the conversion rate because you can just, you can communicate so much more through video um, and you can show so much more than you can through text. Exactly. You can demonstrate certain things. If it's a physical product, maybe you can show what can it do, what are their benefits and these kind of things. So you mentioned there Google, of course, they are still text advertising there. There's no video and I don't know how they will evolve but uh, what what do you see the future of online advertising? Because there are other platforms that other than Google and uh, Facebook. There are the pop up and push up and push uh, pop up. I think <laughs> pop mm-hmm. under and pop up. Yes, this is how it's called. And there are other yeah. platforms, but no one is talking about them. Uh, like brain, what brain brain something is called out brain. Yeah. These kind of things, what they are calling the native ads, these kind of things that you see on websites when you are scrolling, scrolling through an article. To me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be honest, these kind of things that are annoying. This is why I made my website successgrid.net. I made it ads free. No, no adsense, no ads whatsoever Mm -hmm. there. Because when, Mm -hmm. when I go through through these websites i'm annoyed with them so what do you think about these websites that are doing what they call native advertising 
Yeah, native advertising. I agree. Sometimes it can be very, um, very annoying to have to to deal with. Uh, it's one of those things where a lot But of they are very good. Back. They are working perfectly because they are like yes. in the mix of the website. It's not like exactly. they are that much annoying. Yeah. Yeah, and it really comes down to you know how how relevant and just valuable too are those ads. I've I've definitely seen valuable stuff where I've clicked through and said, hey, yeah, actually, I want this. This they got it right. It was good targeting. This is something I'm interested in. And um, I think Taboola and Outbrand are, are two of the bigger uh, bigger native native yeah native ads advertisers right now, and they. Um, I've seen I've seen success for some clients who are using those. As a group, we don't spend as much time there. We're more focused on other other platforms. Um, but I've seen some good success from clients who've tried that out as well. Yeah. I think, kind of where you know, to your question, where are things going in digital advertising? Something that is really important and is going to continue to become more important is who has first party data. And so what I mean by that is um, Amazon, for example. Amazon has this massive customer list. Um, they know your email address, they know your phone number, and they have an uh, ecosystem where you go and spend your time. They have the, so, the credit card already on file. So Exactly. It's so easy to give your money to, to Amazon, and they know so much about you. And their ads business is actually booming right now, growing exponentially, because they, they have an ads platform. They, they allow people to, to show ads on Amazon. Um, they also allow people to pay to have their products on Amazon promoted and different things like that. And so they're in a great position right now, especially because with some of the different tracking realities we have right now with cookies being on their way out, there's a lot of um, platforms like Facebook that are having a harder time tracking, going back to that success, that conversion aspect of, of proving to advertisers that the money being spent there is effective. Whereas a platform like Amazon that has first-party data It's all there. They can show you everything. They can tell you everything about what's going on, and um, and so they're they're in a good good spot right now. So, what would you say? Uh, one takeaway for the success grid nation to give them advice on if they want to start uh, online advertising, what should they do? I would say define what success means to you. First of all, what is it you want to accomplish from your advertising? It shouldn't just be throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. It should be really thinking through and planning through what does a successful campaign look like, and what do I actually need to invest to make that successful? You know, if you have you know, five bucks a day to throw at something, you're probably not going to get much out of that because it's just you know, not enough to to see data. And it's, you got to think through what do I need to invest, and am I in a place to invest this money and give it some time and test different things to see if it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and then too, I'd say. You know, as with most things, you're going to learn things faster and get better results usually if you work with an expert. So if you can find someone to come alongside of you, whether that could be an agency, someone you hire in-house, a freelancer, try to not learn with your own money by wasting it and then saying three months from now, oh, I realized what we should have done. Go with an expert, you know, pay them some money to say, okay, we're not going to waste those three months for you. Don't do X, Y, and Z. Do do A, B, and C. And um, you'll usually be in a better place. Awesome. Well, where can people get in touch with you, John, if they want help with uh, kicking off their advertising journey, I think? <laughs> yeah, best place would be our website, which is stubgroup.com. Uh, you can see more info on there and uh, you can reach out, schedule a, a free conversation. We can take a look at what you're doing, what your goals are, put together some ideas for you and see if we're a good fit to help you out. 
Awesome. Well, John, thank you for being here today with me on this episode of the Success Secret Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.